It's no secret that Nashville is the place to live at the moment, which means it's a hot time to be a realtor in Middle Tennessee. Today, we're talking with three Nashville real estate power players to get an inside look at what that's like, for better or worse, and to gain some perspective of how far Nashville has come and where they think it's headed on this edition of Southern Voices. We're excited today to be joined with three uh, real estate powerhouse women, um, forces to be reckoned with here in Middle Tennessee. You'll recognize their names, I'm sure. We've got Shirley Zeitlin, who's the founder of Zeitlin uh, Real Estate, which is now known as Zeitlin Sotheby's International Realty. We also have Jessica Averbush, who's the CEO of Zeitlin. Uh, and we also have Ellen Christensen, who's the founding partner of Christensen Patterson Courtney. Um, and we're excited to have all three of these women here today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Um, we are, I'm excited to dive in. You all had a big announcement last month. Um, who wants to talk about what happened last month? I'll start. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. This is Jessica. Um, y- you know, we um, had an unbelievable opportunity uh in something that we had never done before, which is we were able to come together with a company that we had so much respect for, a lot of history with, um, and to be able to bring both of our families together as one. And so uh, we have never had a merger with another company. It was just a really kind of special situation where all the stars lined up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the main reason they lined up so beautifully is just that the cultures of our company were so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking our, about Zeitlin Sotheby's and, and, and Christensen, Christensen Patterson, Patterson and Courtney. And Courtney. Yeah. Got so it. the culture, our agents know one another, they respect one another, and um, it just was a great fit. And mm-hmm. that is how we were able to to pull it off. Was there a time, I mean, at one time, were you all, would you consider yourselves competitors? Well, we were competitors, but we were really friendly competitors. Yeah. Um, it it kind of goes back to when my husband was developing Cottonwood, and it was the first um, major planned unit development in Middle Tennessee. Uh-huh. And Ellen and her husband at that time bought one of the first houses in oh, there. Oh, really? So Martin talked her, Ellen, into becoming part of joining his team of salespeople in Cottonwood. Okay. And we've been, you know, really good friends for all these years. So I never really considered Ellen a competitor, although she was, but we always had that element of trust between us. Right. And of working together to make the industry better. Yeah. And... um. So it was just, of, of all the people that uh, Sam and Jessica and I looked at as a possible growth vehicle, uh-huh. um, Ellen's company is, you know, the culture, the size, it wasn't an overwhelming size, but there were really good agents, there were quality people. Right. And uh, we felt our agents would be very proud to become partners with them. So we went from there, actually from just lunches that Ellen and I had to check on each other and support each other mm-hmm. doing stressful times in our lives through the years yep. to where we sit here today with you talking about it. So you bring up the the history element, and, and I think um, you both have such a, a strong, rich history in Nashville real estate. I'd love to go back. 
um, to kind of the beginnings. So with with each of you. So Shirley, talk to us about um, how you got started in real estate. Did you grow up in Middle Tennessee? I was born in <coughs> excuse me in Nashville. Okay, my parents were born here, and all my children and grandchildren. Okay, so, so you're a lifer. fourth generation yeah. Nashvilleans. And oh my, I've seen the you know city change, but that's a whole nother that, <laughs> another <laughs> morning uh, uh, conversation. But um, I'm just excited about what's been happening because we've become. I don't think we're losing that friendliness and that personal touch, but um, we've become a really cultural city mm-hmm. and a place that people want to visit. Mm-hmm. And then when they do, they want to live here. Right. So it's very exciting to be part of that. So when did you start Zeitlin? In January of 1979. Okay. And so we're exactly 40 years this month. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. What a milestone. Oh, yeah. So huge. How, t- describe how that came about. Your husband, I gather, was a big encourager of you to... He, was always in, he always encouraged me in anything that I did or tried to do. But um, I had had my real estate license and had been selling. Uh-huh. I started with Dobson & Johnson where everybody started at that <laughs> yep, time. I remember that. And... Um, I uh, sold real estate for 10, 12 years. Okay. And it just was one of those things that evolved, you know. Um, it was just time, and it worked out. It was never a, a goal that I had to, to own a real estate company, but it was just a matter of timing and seemed to be the right thing at the right time. Right. And as you look back... Um, as a female business owner in '79, that's a that's a um, not a common thing. It Is was that correct? Not common. Right. And it so, were there com- any and challenges? It, or? Well, the, I think one of the biggest challenges was um, having a man to join our firm. Yeah. And uh, it took at least a year for uh, maybe two for that to happen. But once it did, it just kind of snowballed. And I'd say today, you know, we have. Uh, many men, and we're a diverse uh, uh, company now, mm-hmm. and we like that. We right. like becoming diver- more diverse in every way, and um, so it's all been good. Yeah, that's amazing. So, do you consider yourself a um, trailblazer of sorts in terms of? Well, that's for not women? for me to consider. That's for other people okay. to, <laughs> <laughs> to consider. But okay. uh, I've been very blessed to um, have the opportunity to mentor women mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess at about the time I started the company, board started looking for more women or for some women to be. And I was just the one out there, so it really created a wonderful opportunity for me. And um, I learned early on not to be conscious about being a woman, on, the only woman, mm-hmm. but um, that once men knew you were knowledgeable and, and serious and mature, it, that issue just went away. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, so let's talk to you now, Ellen. So when did you go out on your own, or, and what was your background that led you to that point? I grew up in Atlanta, okay. and as Shirley earlier said, my husband and I moved to Nashville in 1976, okay. bought a house in Cottonwood. Martin talked to me into getting my real estate license. Mm-hmm. So I worked out there for about three years, uh, moved into town for a different experience, joined town and country realtors because I just I wanted to be in the overall market and not an on-site salesperson. Okay. So I was with town and country for a while. Then in 
86, um, two other partners, Rick French and Neil Clayton, and I started the company. Okay. And we're still located in the same office spot that we started in 1986. Which is? Bellmate. Okay. Okay. And so... um, that was in the mid '80s that you went 86. out, '86, and so same thing. I mean, I still don't. It wasn't. It was seven years after um, Shirley did, but at the same time, I mean, that was still not necessarily a woman-owned business. Was not a common thing in the mid '80s. That's true. So, what did you face any sort of challenges with that? Or well, I had two male partners, right. so I think that made a huge difference between right. me right. and Shirley. Okay, all right. So we didn't have trouble getting male agents or right. anything, but it was. Kind of unheard of in Nashville, yeah. you know? Yeah, Interesting. Okay. So when you look back, both of you, when you look back on your careers, um, I think, you know, I, I, as you all do, have the benefit of kind of Nashville pre-boom, mm. if you will. Um, and so now seeing it, you know, with people moving here, you know, by the hundreds or what is it, 90, 97 a day yeah, or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's been the biggest change that you all have seen in the Nashville real estate market since you began? Well, wow. I think that um, when I started the company, there was mostly Nashville owned, um, fairly, you know, not huge companies. But the growth and the size of agents that companies have, uh, people coming in from out of town now, um, the the competitive the level of competitiveness, uh, all of that has um, all of that has changed. I think, mm-hmm. but but change is positive. Mm-hmm. Normally positive. If it's not, we try to turn it around and make it positive. Right. And technology has been a huge change in the market. When Shirley and I first started, we got big MLS books that were delivered weekly to find out what was coming on the market or was already on the market. And now you can get information instantaneously. Right. Has has technology been um, primarily beneficial to you all? I mean, Absolutely. It, okay. Because I know a lot of industries, it kind of um, wipes it out, you know. Well, so, what technology has done is made it so much easier for consumers. Uh-huh. Um, so we had a business, you think about real estate, people typically have to make real estate decisions during their off hours. Mm-hmm. So that's in the evenings, it's on the weekends. Um, and so for so many years, for a lot of realtors, you know, after dinner, you were going to go meet with your clients and present offers. And um, and that's where I think everyone appreciates from a lifestyle standpoint that it's so much more efficient um, and it's fast, and consumers have information at their fingertips. And so I think all those things are very positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's almost become a utility. Um, it's just a part of our business now. It's, it's just like the rest of our lives. It's infiltrated it's everything. Tool. Yeah. yeah. And this goes back really to um, what we were talking about earlier in relation to our cultures of our two companies being uh, compatible because we've always been a relationship-oriented company. Yes. And the technology is a tool, but the relationship is at the core of our business. And Ellen's company had that same culture, so that was one of the things that made it such a natural fit. And which kind um, of—that was one of my questions, was what—backing up to to the merger, you are now—are you the largest real estate 
Oh, oh no. not at all. No. And, we, and we don't want to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, We're so, a boutique. So that's where, um, to share a little bit about Zeitlin and yep. kind of our journey that we've gone, um, been on for the more than past decade, but even more recently, um, we have always, we've strove to be the best. Quality over quantity, always. <laughs> um, and so when the Sotheby's... Across the board. Across the of... board in every way. Okay. So we don't want to be the biggest. We yep. don't... It's not about the numbers. It's not about the number of units. It's not about any of those things. And so um, when the Sotheby's affiliation became available in our market, we... I think everybody had an interest in that. They have it is such a strong internationally recognized brand. It has that consumer credibility. People know it just mm-hmm. like you know Whole Foods and Nordstroms and Zappos. Mm-hmm. People know Sotheby's, um, and that's appealing to a lot of people. But where it really was just a perfect fit for us is that it's a brand that stands for quality, mm-hmm. um, and we don't want to be the biggest. We want to be the best. Right. Um, and I think. Um, that focus on relationships is really what we all share. Uh, there's a lot of ways that this business can be made more efficient and automated. But at the end of the day, the relationship side of it, this is a people business and it's also a local business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that outside players can't come in or people can't try to make it an automated process. But you're serving a really small segment of the market when you take out the human nature part of it. Right, um, right. So, talking about the merger, um, you so you now have offices, three offices? We have three mm-hmm. offices. So, we're in Bell Mead, Green Hills, and Franklin. And so, that obviously means you cover Williamson County as well as um, Davidson County. Are we, there- we really cover the greater Nashville market. So, okay. another key piece of, of Zeitlin Sotheby's International Realty is that we do a lot of relocation business. Okay, Shirley had a, a lot of vision um, to see that as the city grew that employers would need a good real estate partner to mm-hmm. help them with their people they were bringing here and also people who are transferring out. You guys were um, big um, in helping when the Titans um, we came to town. We had a contract town. with the Titans for right. 10 years. Right, yes. that's amazing. And also the Predators when they came. Oh, wow. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet. Tell me something fun from that that period. What was what was a fun story that well, you recall from Well, the fun part was it, um, knowing the, the players and the, the staff and, and the coaches personally. Yeah. You know, having a personal relationship, I got personally very involved with those moves. Yeah. And um, and then going to the games and seeing them playing on the field, it was just a lot of fun. Our agents were so excited and supportive about that. And I came in the office one day and had this little crystal Wedgwood crystal helmet about oh. yay big mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting on my desk, you know, as a thank you from our agents. And that was just a great Another great time in in uh, our company. That's amazing. So speaking to the relocation piece of it, when you work with relocation clients, you're serving all of the people who, who work for them. Mm-hmm. So it's entry-level employees, it's executives, depending on where their office is located. Mm-hmm. Uh, that really drives where they're looking. And so when Shirley spoke about the diversity of our agents, diversity means different things to different people. Right. And it really, I mean, it means a lot of different things to us. We have companies who are primarily focused on Williamson County and others that, you know, they may have offices in Mount Juliet or Lebanon and, and another, you know, when Bank of America came here, they were moving north of town and a lot of their employees wanted to live on the north side of town. So as we've grown through the years, we've made sure that our agents live in all of those communities mm-hmm. so that we have in-house experts and people that really know the schools, the people, mm-hmm. the amenities, what it feels like to live there. Mm-hmm. And that's... I mean, diversity means a lot of things, but it definitely means that we can 
have that versatility to be able to cover the whole spectrum. Gotcha. And so Amazon, what is that going to do? Is that going to well, give Amazon you a whole is exciting. New, yeah. So um, what was especially exciting earlier this year is that we're handling the Alliance Bernstein move, oh, and wow. that is a huge uh, game changer for our city. And and I think probably was part of Amazon's decision because that was so unprecedented to get a, a headquarters out of New York of a financial services company. Uh, Amazon, one of the benefits of being part of, of Sotheby's International Realty is we have uh, these partners in other markets. And because that involves Seattle and D.C., um, what we're able to do is really leverage our relationship with them. And they already had a lot in the works because the majority of the people involved with that move are in those other markets. Um, and so we do have some good irons in the fire right now and are doing everything we can to be able to be a part uh, of that opportunity. That's awesome. Um, okay, so when when the merger happened with um, with, your, with your company and, and your company with Zeitlin and Christensen Patterson Courtney, what what does that look like? What for the the agents that you had on staff? How many people came over? What is that? How did that? What does that look like for for Zeitlin as a whole now? Yeah. So, I, well, go ahead, Ella. Okay, I was just going to say we kept our same Bell Mead office and okay. our three staff that I've had for years and years. Okay. And so this is now what they're calling their Bell Mead office. Okay. But things really didn't change for us except get more exciting. Yeah. You know. Yep. With the growth, because you're mm-hmm. becoming part of something bigger, I guess now. So, because what Ellen has has created and fostered over all these years was such a good match, we didn't want to upset the apple cart in any way. They brought so much to the table in terms mm-hmm. of enhancing our company. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the biggest game changer is just all of the different technology and tools and resources that we offer our agents. Um, you know, through marketing, technology, also the relocation piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really just all added things that we're slowly, you know, bringing um, to their group. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's not a huge shift in any way because by design, we, we, we didn't want it to be. Gotcha. I think one of the enhancements is that we now have an international playing field. Um, I was on a tour through Japan in the spring of 2018. I started to say this year, but it's last year. Yeah. And I met with the um, manager of the, the Sotheby's company in Tokyo. Oh, wow. And that was just exciting. You know, it made me realize firsthand, face-to-face, what an international flavor we now have. So, but what is that? How does that translate into your work here in Nashville? What is what does the Sotheby's international stamp mean? So, it means a lot of things. But when you're talking about the global network, Mm -hmm. um, Sotheby's is a very it's a very selective Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, real estate um, company, and it has a very um, specific model. So they're very exclusive. Mm -hmm. There's only one per market. And so it allows us um, as a family business and as a small local business to be tied to other local businesses, one in each market and really the best of the best. Um, But the the reason that's so important is that we want to be able to help our clients wherever they are. So we may have clients in Nashville who want to have buy a second home Mm -hmm. or investment property in another market. Gotcha. Sotheby's International Realty was very um, specific in their strategy. They first really focused on the vacation markets. Okay. Um, so you picture going to the mountains, whether it's any of the places that people love to ski and vacation or going to the beach. And they really built up their presence there. 
And then they identified what the feeder markets are. So, for example, 30A in the panhandle, uh, people go there from Nashville. They go there from Atlanta. They go there from Dallas. Um, and so those relationships are very key because a lot of Nashvillians own property in 30A. Mm-hmm. And so us having a personal relationship with agents there who we can trust are going to take care of our clients the way that we do, we have that. So it's like, it's um, a, once once you work with Zeitlin Sotheby's, then you're we can help you anywhere for life. Yeah, yeah, we can help you anywhere. That's awesome. Yes, That's, and I think people um, enjoy that um, kind of full long term, full service, yes. um, there for life. Kind We're of not thing. transactional. We're not just looking to see how we can help you one time. Right. We want to be there. Right. Um, and another piece of it is because Sotheby's has such a um, just their reputation is so stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, and the credibility and the quality, it means that other really big players in, in our world, so the uh, Facebooks and Apples um, of the world, they seek out Sotheby's when they want to get into or involved in the real estate space. So I'll give you an example. Um, Apple came to Sotheby's because they wanted to be the first to do an augmented reality okay. app. And they chose uh, Sotheby's as their partner. So we have an app called Curate, which anyone can go and and download. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to be able to look in an empty room and to be able to place furniture. Oh, wow. And it even goes a step further because you can buy that furniture if you like it. Um, Wow. So that's kind of the really fun stuff that we get through Sotheby's. Yeah. Um, And there's, you know, a number of other examples I could give to you. But it's, it's exciting to be a part of something so much Bigger than we could possibly take on, More and yet focus. you can still maintain that that personal local, right? Touch. We focus on our clients, uh-huh. um, but it's really wonderful to be able to bring them all of these exciting, new, innovative um, tools and mm-hmm. and different resources that they can that they can take advantage of. That's awesome. Um, so there's been rumblings of a market downturn in the next few years. What what sort of advice do you give to people who are looking to buy a home or um, is that a lot of people lost their homes last time um, that something like this happened. So how can people, what's the expert opinion to um, help people kind of shield themselves against that? I mean, personally, I would say you need a trusted advisor Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's where we're not a commodity. Okay. (laughs) And you can't replace us with technology and, and realtors who are, who are active have their finger on the pulse of the market. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those are the people you need to help you when you're making such important decisions. Um, And there's no piece of technology or no, you know, information you can get online that's going to replace a local trusted advisor. Gotcha. Um, What kind of advice would you all have for women who are looking to go out on their own, either in starting their own real estate agency or just a business um, perhaps not in real estate, what kind of information or advice, rather, um, would you offer? Well, I think that uh, mentors are still important for women, particularly for women. And it, it, to have a network of people you can go to, whether men or women, um, to, to, for advice is can be really very helpful. I think you have to know where you want to go, you know, what what your purpose is, what your culture is going to be, an understanding of of management principles and uh, financing. I mean, it takes a little bit. You don't have to be an expert in every bit of that because you can get people who can help you with that, as I did. But uh, I think that, (laughs) you know, the day's over that you can just decide, like I did, well, I think I'm going to start my own company 
and get an office space. And I had six agents originally and started with those six. It needs to be a little more intentional today. Okay. I think it's easier today than it was when Shirley and I started. But I think it's a huge commitment. Uh, There's a lot of risk involved. But it's, especially owning a real estate company is just a wonderful opportunity for a woman. Tell me about the, uh, this is a curiosity question. Tell me the um, most memorable home sale or, or transaction that you all facilitated, home buying or selling. Wow. Well, mine would be my first. I started with Dobson and Johnson, as I said earlier. And um, I had, that was when I first got my license. So that was would have been in 1967, I think. And I had a cousin of my husband's call me and say, I want to help you, and uh, we have a couple of duplexes on Woodmont Boulevard and one on um, behind there on Knowlton Lane. And I've had them a long time, and um, so we've been renting them out. First they lived there, and then they started renting them out. And um, so we, we'd be willing to sell those, and that would help give you a start. So I said, well, that's fabulous. Thank you so much. What do you want for them? And he said, well, we'd like you to tell us what it's worth. I said, well, I don't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he said... She um, couldn't go look it up online. (laughs) That's right. Well, education is such a part of our company now, but in those days it was like, here's a desk, here's a phone, lots of luck, you're on your own. (laughs) But um, (laughs) so he said, well, price them at sixteen five. $16,500. $16,500. So I did. Well, then we come to find out it was three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 less than what they were worth, and people were fighting over them. Oh. And I didn't know what to do about it, but I, I, so I learned how to handle multiple uh, offers. And then when we got ready to close, we found out that they had just thrown those up without any surveys. So there were garages on the wrong lots, and, you know, we had to uh, issue deeds of correction. So I learned all about that. It was a real learning experience. And so I closed two houses uh, uh, that were under contract in my first week of working for that firm, and they thought that I was really something. (laughs) (laughs) And that's called... And I thought I was pretty ignorant, (laughs) right? (laughs) And that's like the momentum that's so important with people getting started. I'll tell my story because it's really, I think, kind of hilarious. Um, My first listing was on Clarksville Highway in Pleasant View, and everyone who walked into it asked me if it was a double wide, and I told them it wasn't, but I'm still not sure. <laughs> it might have been. Um, and it had a hot t- tub that they had cut out the living room floor and put a hot tub in the living room floor. Ooh. <laughs> and at the time— Is that an asset um, or a deterrent? Well, I think it was an asset. Okay. People <laughs> seemed to like it. Okay. All they wanted is a guarantee that the TV that sat in front of it would come with the sale. Oh. Uh, because I think that was important <laughs> that you could watch the TV, the hot tub. From hot tub. <laughs> from, yes, exactly. Um, but at the same time, one of our um, just agents who's been, who've been with us forever, Sue Chilton, she is a legend in and of herself in our community. Um, I remember she had a listing right off of Bellmead Boulevard, 
It was at a completely different price point than mine <laughs> on the highway in Pleasant View. <laughs> and it also had a hot tub inside the house. Now, this had a hot tub room that I think was a very popular place for parties in the 70s, I would guess. Um, <laughs> but it was fun because we were able to strategize and talk and figure out it was a challenge. We had these hot tubs in the middle of these houses, and it didn't matter the price point or the area. It was just, it, I'll just never forget that whole hot tub story. That's so um, funny. And I sold that property. I remember it was the day that my listing was ending, oh, wow. um, and I had I did not think it was going to happen, and it and it did sell. So it was memorable. <laughs> I guess my most memorable experience was years ago, and I couldn't even tell you the year. I sold B.J. Thomas in his house, why a farm out in Williamson County. Okay. And because we had such rapport, and because of that transaction, we became friends forever. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So if I'm a new agent and I'm looking to get into real estate, what's the single most important thing you would, you would say to me? So this is what I do, spend a lot of my time doing, is talking to prospective new agents. And there are so many people getting into the business right now. And I think the most important thing is the right fit. There are a lot of ways to be in this business. Uh, there's a lot of different business models. It needs to be the right fit for you. The culture, the philosophy behind the selling, the, the, the support system there in terms of what you need. Um, everybody gets into this business with different motivations. Um, and it's just really understanding the differences between all the different companies. We are not commodities. We are you know, um, living, breathing entities, and you really have to go and decide what is the best fit for me and where do I think I'm going to be successful. Okay. I think training is extremely important, and that's something that Zeitlin Sotheby's does very well at. Okay. How, what does that sort of time frame look like? Like, if I, if I wanted to get into real estate, how long before I'm... It's not that hard. <laughs> Is that right? So the licensing courses you can you can get done you know fairly quickly in the tests. So that's not a huge commitment. Um, and our uh, a lot of our training there's an initial orientation and then it's it's ongoing. Um, and a lot of it is. Um, you are who you hang around. <laughs> if you surround yourself with people who are knowledgeable and experienced and you're able to have access to them, then that that is the best way to learn. Um, and so there's different mindsets about that. There's other companies that offer more structure and more, um, you know, kind of ongoing uh, daily, you know, type of training opportunities for new agents. We find that the agents that we bring on board, mentorship is so important. And a lot of that's organic and them just becoming a part of our company and um, finding role models within our company and people who they can, who they can learn from. Okay. Shirley, best advice for somebody just getting started? Well, I think they've covered the most important aspects. Um, I think it, it's, it's important to talk to a lot of people in the business so that you know what to expect and that there aren't, well, there are always going to be surprises, but that you have an understanding of what kind of commitment of time and investment it needs to be. And then just learn everything you can. And um, I, you can kind of tell the agents that are going to be successful when they first come in because they get right to their database and they have a plan about how to let people know what they're doing, that they want their help, whether they are looking for a house or a change in residence or have people in their company or in their family who are at that stage. And um, to focus on, I think, contacts are really important. And um, 
getting that group of people that you're going to stay in contact with that can help you along the way. Okay. So off topic, uh, when you're not working, what do you enjoy doing? How do you enjoy spending your time? Jessica, we'll start with you. Um, Obviously, being with my family is very, very important to me. Um, And being outside to me is everything. Uh, Percy Warner Park is my home away from home. I don't get there as much as I would like to, uh, but I love to run. So in an ideal world, I would spend my whole day in there, maybe start it with a long run with girlfriends and then end up back there in the afternoon with my kids, you know, on a hike. Um, but that is my favorite for sure. Okay. I enjoy the outdoors also. And okay. I have gotten a dog in the last couple of years. And my favorite thing is just to walk my dog. What kind of dog? Uh, Labradoodle. Okay. Aw. What's it? Boy, girl? Girl, and her name's Charlie. Aw. <laughs> so you like to walk her. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're not working, where do you enjoy <laughs> Well, I'm not money? working as many hours as I used to with, with Jessica and Sam doing such a great job. Of we could running. do a whole podcast on the things <laughs> Shirley likes to do because she has lots but of But I've been traveling more. I've always liked to travel. My husband and I did quite a bit of that, but I can do that kind of on the spur of the moment now. So I've had some great travel experiences. I love to read. I love to be with my family and friends. And, and uh, I've, I've found that one of the really special special aspects of having more personal time is being more engaged with the people who are important to me, whether it's our realtors in our company or friends, grandchildren, sons, whatever. Um, That has been a joy to have the time to really be in the present and more engaged. So I play at golf still and um, (laughs) I love to walk outside. I love the outside too. I've always always have. But um, so it's 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 all good. That's awesome. All right, we typically close our faces articles with one question, which is, aside from faith, family, and friends, what are three things you can't live without? So Shirley, we'll start with you this time. Ooh. I could go huh? first. You want you want to think about it? Huh? I can go first if you want to yeah, think about you go. it. Um, exercise. Okay. <laughs> Um, I had it a second ago. Exercise and reading, for sure, and the sanctuary of home. Was home? Was I not allowed to say home? No, you can say home. Okay, home. Okay. I think for me it would be exercise, um, my dog Charlie, and red wine. Okay. (laughs) Add that to my list. (laughs) Well, these are sort of some of my things too. (laughs) Add a little chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, chocolate. That's a good start. Uh, Being with, with again, being with family and friends, spending that special time together. Um, I exercise a lot. Uh, Staying fit is very important to me, and. and again, I, I would hate to not be able to travel. What's been the best place you've you've traveled to? Your your most favorite place? Oh my gosh! You one. Well, you know, I, I've liked so many places. That's hard to pinpoint. My most recent uh, trip that I've really loved was, as I mentioned earlier, Japan. Okay. And um, there were so many aspects about that that were different. But um, I just love the adventure of travel mm-hmm. and the people that you meet in different cultures and different parts of the world. Um, <clears throat> the other thing that uh, is important to me, too, is, is um, being outside. I love the outdoors. 
different activities. We're going to have to start having our meetings outside. <laughs> <laughs> a walk on the beach. I'd hate to oh, think yeah. I'd never walk on the beach again. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think <clears throat> one of the things as we all talk about this and why we have very similar answers is that we're in a profession that's 24-7. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you know, um, there's no boundaries. And so there's just certain things that are like a sanctuary, whether mm-hmm. it's home, whether it's travel, whether it's exercise. It's just you really value those things because you can't do it all the time. <laughs> right. And so I, I just and – and it is a stressful business. So you have to have outlets or you will burn out. Right. One of the things I've talked to agents, to realtors coming into the business and, and in the business um, is important is balance in life. And uh, we haven't talked about that, but I think that that's extremely important to encourage among our associates because you can get lost in working, working, working all the time. And it's been really important to me to do a little something for myself every day, even if it's just getting in my jacuzzi tub. You know, it doesn't have to be hours. (laughs) (laughs) It can be just a little something that's special for yourself. And also not to get discouraged because I find that you can feel, oh, I've really got my life in pretty good balance now. And a week later, it can all be lopsided. So then you have to start all over uh, trying to achieve that. But I think that that is something that's really important. Is there anything in you all's experience to that point, um, given that technology is on 24-7 and you're always, I mean, people can work from home now, right? So, I mean, it is hard to kind of have that that line in the sand between work and, and not work. Um, what is there a, a something that you've learned or a tactic you all employ that you find is helpful? And I think it's about being proactive. Okay. If you anticipate things in advance, if you are a regularly in contact with your clients, if you're in control, um, and if you're doing a good job at communicating with everybody that you're in touch with, then you're less likely to get those, you know, Late, late, you know, or early, early morning types of, um, you know, people reaching out to you because because you're already in the flow with them. Um, So I think kind of being in control and being proactive are really key. Um, And you have to have boundaries because um, you can constantly feel like you've got to be on 24 seven, but um, you're going to you're going to compromise something by doing that. And, and again, it kind of goes back to how we started this conversation, which is, it's, it's not a, this is not about quantity. This is not about, I worked 120 hours last week. This is, it's about quality. And I think if you focus on quality in everything you do, then you're able to enjoy the time that you have. It's quality time. You may not have a ton of that time, but when you have it, you, you really, you know, it, it restores you. Okay. All right. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you would like to? One thing I might add is how <clears throat> the timing of us joining Sotheby's uh, International Realty, because um, we had a, we've always had uh, for many years a very strong local brand in Middle Tennessee, mm-hmm. and it was very recognizable uh, here at home. But as we started getting, you know, reading all the publicity about a hundred people a day coming to Nashville and so forth. Um, I would say, well, hey, guys, what's keeping me up at night is the fact that these people coming in don't really know who we are. Well, that went on for about six months, and then uh, Sam said, um, I had a visit the other day with um, a representative from Sotheby's International Realty, 
and um, he wants to come back, and I think maybe you ought to meet with us. Well, after, you know, just as a matter of, the timing was so perfect because I felt like we needed to look for something that would meld a strong uh, international, as it turned out, brand mm-hmm. with our strong local brand. And that's exactly what's happened, and I think it's just really given us that reach also with our emphasis on with a, having a strong relocation department. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just enhanced our reach with people who uh, are um, moving to Nashville. That's awesome. Yeah. Or, or Williamson County or, you know, just Middle Tennessee in general. Right. Southern Voices is a production of Style Blueprint. It's hosted by me, Ashley Haugen, and it's produced and engineered by Jared Anderson of Evergreen Productions. Hear more episodes of Southern Voices on our website, styleblueprint.com forward slash southern dash voices. That's styleblueprint.com forward slash southern dash voices. Till next time.